welcome to another episode of Air It Out, where we tackle tough topics in a male-centered and student-led space. I'm your host, Courtney Copeland. Now allow me to introduce our real stars of the show. We have Dominic Johnson, Marcus Fuqua, and Rich Miller. So before we jump in, we uh, kind of have a start out question just to check, out, check everybody out, see where your headspace is. So I want to know, we can go around the table, if you could have, sit down and have a meal with three people, who would your three people be? Will Smith, of course. Of course. I would say <laughs> Mark Cuban, and I would want somebody there that is like closer to me, it's so like my mom probably. I think that's a very balanced answer. I, I wouldn't have guessed those three people yeah. from me. Yeah. <laughs> Who's up next? They must have messed with my people, that's why I heard. <laughs> They were just so taken aback by how well your answer was. They need time to process it. <laughs> I say LeBron, of course. Jay-Z. Mm, this is the worst one with a lot of money. I don't know. That's, that's two good ones right there. So just LeBron. Yeah, future. Why oh, future? Got some good music, some good this, money. I was going to say, does, <laughs> does he money. count as having a lot of money? Because isn't that going to all of the kids? Does he have a lot of money? He you might make, make a lot of money. Okay, I'll, make it. I'll give you that. I bet. Me? I need, I need LeBron. Gotta have LeBron. Then, Drewski. I need Drewski. And The Voice. I need LeDirt. Okay, that's pretty balanced too. I agree. Um, my list is going to be very different from y'all for very different reasons. Uh, dead, or, dead or alive, we said. So my person, one is going to be Rick James, because you need entertainment in that conversation. And I, he was a family friend too, so that'll be great. He's from Buffalo. Ooh, I never yeah. knew that. Mm -hmm. So Rick James is one. What's the guy's name that invented FUBU? That's on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. oh. Him. Uh, that's my money person. So I have my entertainment. I have my money. And um, I think for my last one would be DMX. Round it out. That's my spiritual. <laughs> it would be a very balanced table. <laughs> so um, before we dive deep into the episode, we do want to give our trigger warning. And so we never know exactly who's watching the episode, so we feel like it is important to us to let everyone know ahead of time what will be coming in each episode. This episode, we will be talking about family dynamics, familial roles, and how that plays a part in athletics. So, with all of that being said, let's jump into it and air it out. I wanna know, you guys coming up um, as children, like who, how does your family influence you into sport? Like, did they pick the sport that you played or were everybody involved? Or was it a thing where you found it on your own? How did your family play a role in you becoming an athlete? Uh, I mean, naturally, I instantly like gravitated towards basketball. I mean, it was the easiest one to play at three years old. So I, I just had, I had a little room in the basement. Little, you know the little playroom, the break away? Bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> so, uh, instantly it was basketball. My pops, me and my pops would go downstairs and always play. And then one summer I just started playing football. And ever since then, it's just ball and basketball. Um, for me, <laughs> sports, 
was everything in my family. Um, so it was like, I was gonna be introduced to it anyway. Um, but I can say, I remember a one specific time to where I was like really introduced to football. Like my dad always tell me stories that I can't remember because I was too young to remember. But one like very vivid story in my mind for football was me and my big brother, we were uh, looking up on the computer, looking up the schedule for my little league team who we were gonna play. And I remember he was saying like, we had this home game, we have away game. And me, I had no idea about playing on the actual field. So I thought they were gonna like come to our house and play. And we were gonna go to their house and play. <laughs> so I, I just always remember that. And I think that's how I was really introduced to football. But my dad always gave me opportunity to play anything. I played like four different sports and in one year probably like but I really just played a little football. I was introduced to everything while I chose my own path. Uh, for me, my my dad, so he like played in the league and, and in CFL and coached like high school by the time I was born. So like when I was nine months I think like I already had like football in my hand. Like I was already knowing I was gonna play football. So Kind of throughout my whole life, I've always kind of been around football, seen the games, even if I wasn't playing. He didn't want me to play football, though. He's like, you're not playing football until high school. And so he wanted me to do swimming, and he wanted me to do track and stuff like that, which I did. Um, sports is like always huge in my family, though. Like every sport, like you could think of skateboarding, rollerblading, hockey, like all types of stuff, like just all the time. Um, I started playing basketball, like, fourth grade and then since then I was like obsessed with basketball but I still played football and then I don't know kind of when I got to high school kind of got more balanced out college still both but I don't know all my little brothers growing up played football and that's how it's been for me ever since. And it sounds like for all y'all that family kind of played a role in y'all being at least athletic if not yeah. picking the specific sport that you would play <laughs> and so I want you to each take a second and really think Think about who that one individual is that that got you nice in sports. And so they really taught you how to play. They really taught you how to refine your sport and get better. And I want you to think about the first time that you beat them. <laughs> Was it ever the same? <laughs> Man, I mean, I would, I would have to give it to my dad. I mean, he still got pictures of me when I was younger, probably like two, three years old running. He's running the football and then banging into the pillows and he making me get into the uh, down where he said hug, whatever, <laughs> he's doing all that. And he taught me everything. He taught me how to be aggressive on the field. He taught me everything. Like we used to just, it just, it was in me, but he kind of introduced it to me for like me and my brothers. Um, not necessarily in the football end, because you can't really beat him in football because he's older. But you can run him over. But listen, <laughs> listen, let me tell you. So I got a few different events to have. I'm gonna just tell them about one. When I was probably like seven, me and my dad raced. And my dad was big at the time, but he still beat me in that race. And I thought I was fast. Now, he know there's no way on earth he beat me. And it's the same thing lifting weights and all that. He still tried to give me, but he can't give me no more. So all he do is talk junk. He can't. <laughs> oh, basketball? He taught me, now he really did teach me. He actually took his time out and showed me how to do certain things in basketball because 
that's more hands-on. You can actually show somebody that football, you just kind of got to beat her a little bit in basketball. My first time beating him was probably like in high school. That was a, since I was younger, that was probably the last time I played him. So, was it an intense game? <laughs> it wasn't, because he couldn't do nothing with me. <laughs> he got tired, he's old. All these humble brags. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, me and my dad would always go to the court and play, and then we occasionally go to the field. But I remember first time I beat him was, we was outside in the backyard. We, we, he didn't like that one. He did not like it. I don't think we really played that much since then. And then, to go off what you said, I raised my mama. Boss, never lose. She know not though. I never lose again. One and only time. It was in front of all of my friends. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. that's tough. The thing is, I did lots of moving around, and I never. I don't think I ever really had one person for football where I say like, they really developed me or they like really got me nice. I definitely remember losing races and losing basketball games to my dad, my older brother. But the thing is I haven't played them since though. Oh, mm. They know that I'll get them. So the game is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. But um, basketball though, I would say there was there was one teacher in seventh grade, his name was Mr. Mr. Corbett. Wow, I can't believe I even remember that. Mr. Corbett. Hey, Mr. He, Corbett. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Corbett. He really, like, introduced me to, like, real basketball. And, like, we would sit down and watch, like, film. Like, that was when, like, Andrew Wiggins was in high school and stuff. And, like, he, I would say he got me nice. And he got me, he kind of set it up for me to get, get into AAU and stuff. And, yeah. But Did you ever beat him? Ever beat him. <laughs> we would play pickup games on Fridays. And I started to get some, I started to get some buckets against him. But... That was like seventh grade. I was still like obese, short. I was still like going through all the growing pains and all that. So I, I probably did. I probably didn't beat him in that time. So Mr. Corbett, if you're watching, he wants his ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so since you guys are all now collegiate athletes, do you feel like your role in your family has kind of shifted now that you are in college? Do you feel like your family still kind of sees you as a kid or are you like a college man now? In my mama, I mean, she know I'm grown, but I'm always gonna be her, uh, her son, so. She Go ahead, say it. You always gonna baby. be her baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, my pops, he treat me, he treat me a little different, treat me like, like I'm grown, but he's still, Still my dad, he's still, <laughs> still under his roof at home, so, you know. I think it, it definitely changed, even while I've been in college. Um, my freshman year, if I would go home, it's kind of, I kind of felt like I was still like in high school. Uh, I mean, I still gotta obey the rules now and respect the house and all that, but it just kind of felt like I was still like under their wing a little bit my freshman year. like. Cause they came up here so much for the games and all that. And I, I went home a lot, so I kind of still felt like that kid. But um, my sophomore year now, I can go home and I, I'm free to do whatever. Like, I'm literally free to do whatever. And they know I'm mature enough. Like they raised me to be mature enough to be able to handle certain situations and know what to do, what not to do, who to go with, who not to go with. And I think, they treat me much more like an adult now. Like, honestly, the funny stuff, I, I used to hate talking to doctors and make my own doctor's appointments, but my mom is not going for that no more. Like, 
she makes me make everything. I gotta talk to people on my own. I gotta go to the bank on my own, and it's whatever. And they, I mean, they put me in this position, so I mean, I, I ain't doing bad out of nothing. But I think they definitely treat me more like a dog. They're pushing you into maturity. Yeah, they, they're pushing me away. <laughs> they're pushing me away now. Even though they, they'll still come up here out of nowhere and spend time with me or whatever, but I'm definitely a dog. I mean, this is my sixth year, so I feel like I'm definitely out of the house. You know, I mean, we all kind of left home. But um, I think I heard something the other day. I heard somebody say, like, once you leave home, like, once you go away, like, you're not going back home. It's cap. It's cap? I mean. I, I thought about it. Like, I no, was actually, like, yeah, no, it's not cap. Never mind. Like, 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 once you leave your hometown, there's a very small chance you're going to go back and live there. Oh, like, live there. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, after you're done. And I thought about it and I was like, damn, like, I'm really out of the house. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And even if you do, you're probably not living at home with exactly. your family, you know? And I don't know, like kind of when I was a freshman and a sophomore, I was like, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was like, I'm going home on weekends, you know? I still have a room. And they ended up moving to a house and I don't have a room in the house now. <laughs> so I, I'm like, so like, what happens if I come home? They're like, well, you're not coming home. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not coming home then. So, but um, yeah, no, I feel like like now when I go home, just like you said, Rich, like I am, make your own appointments, make your own everything. You you gotta also take your brother's places, like, what? you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you gotta get up, you know, like, and, but it's not like they're on me or anything like that. It's just like, you growing, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You gotta do what you gotta do, bro. Yeah. I won't say that people, once you leave the house, you never go back, but when you leave, if you do come back, oh, it's real different. And it's mm -hmm. hard. <laughs> yep. It's very hard. As somebody that left Buffalo, New York for 15 years and then came back, oh, it's a whole culture shift. It's a very deep adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Y'all like, know I'm always there. Like, you haven't touched down in Buffalo in, like, before this 15 years at all? I will come and visit, oh, okay. but... Um, it's, not the it's Buffalo, so I would I would come, I would visit. If the weather's not nice, I'm leaving back out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but with that being said, with the going and coming back, do you guys feel like you have the same responsibility to your families? Like when you are living with your family, you are part of that unit. Like how you said you had your, your, your room, it was guaranteed. Do you feel that since you guys are away and at school that you have the same responsibility to them that you did when you were there all the time? When I'm away, no. But the moment I pull up in front of the house, yes. Like, feel like I've never left for real. I, I know if I stay there longer than a week, then I gotta start back taking that trash out. I gotta start cleaning up the bathroom, whatever. I already know that. I mean, it's just stuff that's been engraved into my mind and to me. Like, when I'm away, I already know. I mean, they are. They know me. They know we always busy in this. I ain't. They ain't really worried about me. But when I go home. I'm good for I'm good for a week of not doing anything. After that, I'm back. I'm back then having the same responsibilities. And I asked that question because there are a lot of well not necessarily a lot, but there are athletes out there that are like really responsible for their families and might have to send money back home or yeah. still contribute into a certain level. And I don't think that um, athletic departments always know that when they're taking on a player, you're taking on that entire family sometimes mm -hmm. too. And so just wanted to ask you like do is that sense of responsibility like inside of y'all. But do you feel like your family understands all of the demands that you 
are under being a student athlete? Like, do they know that you have all of the practices when you can eat? Like, do they know all of the demands that are on you as a student athlete on top of getting papers done and all of that? <laughs> I think my mom knows. Uh, I think my little brothers don't know. <laughs> uh, they just don't, I'm, uh, uh, except for Theodore, because he's, he's doing the same thing. But <clears throat> there's no way they know everything. They just kind of see like, oh yeah, like, they kind of see like, oh, it must be like high school. Like you go to practice and you have class and then like, you just play the game. Like, no, <laughs> five every day, going two hours ahead of time, do all this, then we work out. Then we're there two hours after, and then we go in school for the rest of the day. And then if you want to do something to have a social life, or you gotta cook food or something, then everything's on your own. And I try to tell them when I go home, but I also don't go home a lot, so I don't know. And they're younger, so like even yeah. if you tell them, do you, it might just be. <laughs> yeah. Like, so when's your game, though? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, me, I feel, it's, it's not my family's first go-round, I should say. Like, I have uncles, I have an uncle who went to the highest level. I have a cousin right now, highest level, he's doing it. I had um, another cousin played in college. So it's like, it's not their first go-round. I feel like they understand, but like Don said, they don't really know. And like, I don't know, like they, like my dad, or actually my parents understand, but like my all my siblings, they don't really understand. Like. I don't know. You, I don't really know. But it's not their first go around, so I feel like we do good at it. We do good at, you know, being able to manage what I have to do and what they have to do and then talk to each other or whatever, but ah, it's a lot. I feel like my parents know just for some effect that I'm the only child and it's the first time I'm really on my own, having to do my own stuff. So they know I got a lot to do, a lot to uh, learn how to do. And so, Familial um, emotional support is, and them just being behind you, is very important, especially for um, college students. And so it's associated with better psychological well-being, better academic achievement, and all of those things. I would like to welcome our special guest for this episode, Tyree O'Neill. He is a football player at the University at Buffalo, and we are welcoming you to Air It Out. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. And so, we wanted to uh, speak specifically to Tyree because more than a quarter of undergraduate students also have children of their own. And so we wanted to get the perspective of someone who is a, who has the most important job in the world of being a parent, but also is a student and an athlete. So I guess my first question that kind of exists for specifically you is what kind of supports exist to support um, students who are athletes as well as parents? I think there's a lot of support out there for student athletes that are parents. Um, I think, you know, it's, the situation depends on if you, if you live with your child or not. So, you know, my, my position, you know, my kids across the country. So, you know, the best, the best support that I have is, you know, from my coaches. You know, they always asking how my, how my daughter's doing. Um, you know, my teammates, they got a good group of guys, you know, they, they always ask. Um, and I do know that they do counseling too, mm -hmm. you know, so you can have more of a voice because as athletes, you know, we, we hold a lot of stuff in sometimes, so it's good to get that out. And so what kind of programs or um, systems could be put in place to better support you guys? I think, um, you know, if you're a student that, you know, lives with your kid and, you know, you're, you're playing a college sport, I think, you know, 
school should look into, you know, maybe accommodations for, you know, housing mm-hmm. so you could be able to, you know, live with your child instead of dropping them off at daycare, having someone else watch them because you, as a parent, you always want to be with your kid, you know, you want to make sure they're being raised the right way, so. And then I think, you know, if, you, if your child's far, I think it's the emotional support of it, you know, having that person always in your corner when things get rough, you know, just to get your voice, you know, something off your chest. Mm-hmm. So. And so to me, that sounds like, again, we're going back to relationships and how important that having positive relationships or coaches and staff having positive relationships with their players really supports just them and their development in general and not just on the field. Exactly. And it's, you know, sports is it's more than just sports a way of life. So it's by doing that, you know, it shows that they care more about, you know, just than a player, but as a father, you know, as a human, you mm-hmm. know, so. So with that being said, is it like, um, like, what's the sacrifice? Like, is it hard to sacrifice being across the country away from your daughter to play football, like, way over here? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very far. But, you know, before UB, I went to junior college in California. So I'm from Oregon. So football has brought me a lot of different places and I've experienced a lot. So I think it's good and it's bad. But I think that, you know, four years later, you know, we've, we've been doing it for a long time. So I think, you know, I've, I've found ways to help me and she's under she's understanding more of why I'm away and, you know, to get a degree and to show her that she can get a good education just like me. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And this technology, I know that we've shifted and now with COVID times, everybody's online, but does technology help you keep that relationship as well? Yeah, FaceTime, you know, my mom (laughs) finally got an iPhone so we could FaceTime instead of doing Facebook Messenger, you know, so (laughs) I can finally, you know, be in contact every day, you know, so we're three hours ahead, so I kind of have to wait longer into the day to reach out, but it's always good just to see her, even if it's for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, just that everyday communication, it goes a long way, so. FaceTime is very, very fortunate for me. Uh, how does being a father change your outlook on sports? I think it definitely humbles me as a player, you know, like knowing that I'm not better than, than anyone else and that any decision that I make, you know, and any action that I make in practice, you know, that reflects me and my child. So it's just, you know, I'm doing this for someone else. So everything else that I'm doing, I just got to think about, okay, you know, I got a daughter. And I think a lot of the teammates, learn a lot just because you know it's something unfamiliar i think mm-hmm. especially be, uh, us being so young you don't really see a lot of 20 21 year old guys you know with a, with a daughter so i think everybody it helps everybody out in that type of situation they're out there they're just not usually playing no, yeah, sports. yeah true, 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 true. <laughs> lots yeah. of people decide to start their families early true, true. <laughs> this is uh kind of like off topic question but i have a lot of friends from back home that have uh, kids and they're not with or dating their um, their, ba- their baby moms, right? How is it going through a life or maybe relationships or being with other people when you have like, or, or just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. going through a life when you, when you have a kid or when you have a, ba- a, a baby mom that you still communicate with. How is that? How is that? I think, you know, you and, you know, you know, the person that, you know, the, you know, the mother of your child, you guys have to be on the same page and set boundaries because, you know, if you guys don't work out, you know, in the end, you know, you guys are going to be seeing other people and, you know, you're going to have different relationships. So I think first off is setting boundaries. So for example, you know, I, I have a girlfriend that is not the mother of my child. So the mother of my child, like, you know, we have boundaries. So, you know, that, you know, that other woman would never overstep that situation. And I think just focusing on that outcome goal of 
you want your child to be the best version of themselves. So just thinking that, you know, you just put that trust in each other to trust that I'm going to bring my kid around the right people and she will too. So. And do you ever do you ever uh, want to have your daughter out for like some games or yeah, like, of course. To come visit? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated now and things look like they're you know, they're cutting down with all the rates. I think she's going to they're going to come out for a game this, this season. So I'm excited. Yeah. Probably get to see me out here. That does sound exciting. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I got like all 13 of my family members coming up from Oregon. So oh, wow. It's going to be, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. When you first, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> when you first found out you was having a kid, um, did that like automatically motivate you to go harder in your sport? Absolutely. And, you know, just being, you know, raised by a single mother, I was already I already had that kind of self-motivation of, okay, you know, I'm the man of the house. You know, I got I to gotta worry. It's time to grind. So I definitely think that that kept me motivated. But... I think the biggest thing is it, it opened up a new perspective of life, you know, just looking at everything different and just hearing my daughter talk and how she's already, you know, saying all these sentences, it's like, okay, like, this is really crazy. Like, you know, I really got to make the right decisions though, get my degree, you know, do everything I'm saying. So then she has something to feedback off and it'll be better than me, be, do it better than how I did it. So, yeah, but no, I was definitely excited and I was definitely Cause you know, I'm, I'm excited to raise me a little athlete, a little junior athlete, so I'm, I'm excited. How would you say fatherhood shapes the definition of family? How do you, like, in terms of definition of family, how do you think fatherhood shapes that? I think fatherhood has a very important role in the definition of family. And like I said, you know, I, you know, my, my father wasn't really around, like my mom was that. So I definitely think that, you know, my biggest goal is I want to be the best father to my daughter so she can see that different perspective of a man's life, you know, so I can show her things that I was raised and, you know, so she can kind of kind of have that tough love about it. You know, nobody can mess with her, you know, have her own little swag out there, so. Balance. Everybody needs balance. Yeah, balance. balance. And balance. <laughs> <laughs> life balance. So, um, was, was the birth of your daughter planned or unplanned? Um, it, was, it was unplanned, but it was the biggest blessing of my life. So, you know, it's not like, you know, I don't really look at it as like a plan. You know, it's just, it's something that, you know, God wanted to happen. And, you know, it, it was the best thing ever. You know, I think it, it brought my family together, both sides, mother and father. I think, you know, it brought everybody together. And I think that she's the light to everybody's life. And ever since I went from college, you know, my mom lives alone. So, you know, that, that's keeping her from being lonely. And, you know, she's kind of helping raise out, raise her how she raised me. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm very fortunate for that, so. Yeah, so that leads to my next question. I was like, I was thinking like, so what would you tell someone who just happened to have an unplanned birth? Like, what would you do to give them some motivation if they might be down, they might think, oh, my life over now? Yeah. Like, what would you tell them? I would definitely say that it gets greater later because, you know, I think when you're, you know, like me, I was 15, 16. At that age, you don't really know we were even going to go to college, you know what I'm saying? So you, you have so much life to figure out, but I, I would just say, stay consistent with what you're doing. Ha have a purpose, have a goal, you know, don't just be out here not having a plan. So you're thinking for someone else now, you know? So just having that motivation that, you know, you want to take care of your kid in the future. So just always have that in the back of your head and you'll be good. And so I have a question that I kind of want to ask across the table. Each of you guys have had kind of some familial support into you becoming an athlete. And you just said that you're raising an athlete. We yeah. done already put that out in the atmosphere. So <laughs> no Tra pressure, honey. Little, little <laughs> but with that being said, would you want your child 
or future children, that if you continue to have more, if y'all continue to, y'all start to have children, <laughs> would you want your child, future children to play your sport? I'm, I'm go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> I feel like every, every athlete wants their kids to play their sport, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like, I'm gonna expose my kids to all different types of sports and let them choose what they want, like how I want. I'm gonna give my child equal opportunity and I'm gonna introduce them to everything. They're gonna have a football, a basketball, a baseball, some pom-poms, some sneakers, some <laughs> track spikes, some whatever, a soccer a ball, stick, a cross stick, a hockey stick, <laughs> a puck, whatever. They're gonna pick what they wanna do. If they don't wanna do none of that, so be it. I'm gonna love my children the same, whether they like sports or not. But if they wanna play my sport, I'm gonna put my all into them and make them better than me in my sport. I think I'm the same way. I, would, I just want, I feel like being athletic is so important. So I'm fine with whatever it is that my child decides they want to do. But, oh, they're going to be doing something. <laughs> I agree with the guys. I think I'm going to let, you know, my children decide what they want to do. But I do, I am going to influence sports because I, I believe that sports uh, can show kids a different way of life that you can't get anywhere else. You know, like the self-discipline. The, you know, accountability and learning how to have that passion at a young age, I think that can go a long way in life. So I'm going to definitely influence it, but I'm going to let them choose at the end of the day. Kind of like what Tyree just said. I think that when you grow up in a house and you know your dad did sports at a high level, you kind of want to go down that path just because you see it and you're around it. And you know he's going to be watching sports and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to go with the safe answer, and I'm going to say that <laughs> I want my kids to do whatever they want to do, even if it's not sports. And I'm going to I'm going to work my hardest to give them a whole bunch of opportunities from people at a high level in those areas and just surround them with a big network early. Um, try to and try to just, you know, because I feel like when you see a kid growing up, you, you can kind of tell like what they're interested in and what they're good at and like what they really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of support them with that. Uh, sometimes I get, I, I feel like parents get into trouble because when they think their kid really likes them or with the sport, then they're just going all in like way too much. Like, and then it just like kind of makes it, them like, okay, I don't even like this anymore. Like you just ruined it for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's how I feel And I feel like you guys are giving me very um, politically correct answers. So let me ask the question this way. <laughs> Do you want your children to play football? Yes. Okay. If my daughter wanted to, I would let her. <laughs> because uh, y'all seen the female kicker, uh, yeah, you know, Vandy? Vanderbilt. Yeah. Totally, I'm, I'm done for that, you know? So if that's your passion, go chase it, you know? What does she want to play kicker? Mm. So, I'm gonna let her do it, you know. <laughs> see, see, see how she likes it, and then she'll make her own decision, you know. Go, go through a couple of prices, see how you like it. And if it's not for her, then it's not, it's not for her. <laughs> I love that essay. That was a great essay. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that because, like I said before, my dad didn't want me to play football, but I knew I really wanted to. Like I saw it, I know he did it, so I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it, like. And because he didn't want me to, that made me want to play even more, you know? So I think you just have to let, you just have to let them be them. You know what I'm saying? And if they want to, they, they want to. Um, you just have to make sure you guide them in the right way and tell them like, this is this is how it is, you know? So. I, I, 
just feel like it's so many life lessons in football. I learned yeah. so much through this game. It got me this far, so. So basically, you forced it on. Nah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I ain't gonna say I'm forcing it, but I'm, I'm gonna push hard. We have influence. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have that influence. Hard. He's the one I'm gonna push hard. Baby, you're gonna be in a crib with a football. <laughs> <laughs> and so, another question for everybody at the table How do you feel that your, your family support or the role of family has on you pursuing your dreams and going all the way for it as far as you can with sport? Big impact, for sure. Um, just because of the way my mom did it and she, like she just kind of instilled in us like this is how it has to be and you were going to fight through whatever you're going through at the time. For her it was kind of we were homeless. I feel like I might have gotten into it on one of the shows and she had six kids and she was going to law school at the same time and like I don't even know how she did it. I don't know how we had food. I don't know how we had clothes but like we got there and now she's a lawyer. So now it's like she set the bar here and like she wants us to go here, mm -hmm. and we are, and I, you know, I'm kind of showing my little brother, like, this is how she did it, this is how we have to do it now, and there's, it's definitely pushing towards that, so. Parents yeah. are superheroes, they make yeah. things happen. Mine, same way, it's like, it's our situation, like, we're definitely not in the worst situation, and things could be worse, but things could also be way better, and it's not only what my family has done, but it's what they didn't do. I have some family, like I said, went to a higher level, but they just couldn't finish it off. And I'm the one who, I feel like I'm the one who gotta finish it off. And I gotta be, I gotta be the deal breaker. I gotta be the one who, who pushed through that wall. Like everybody started knocking a few bricks down, but I'm the one who gotta like knock that wall over. And I feel like that's really what, what they really, this is what I owe to my family. Like, we ain't never had everything, and I feel like my family deserve everything because they support, we all support each other, and like, we so family oriented and we so close that, I mean, why can't we live like Oprah? So, <laughs> I'm like, we, we gotta get it, and I, that's my motivation right there. We gotta get out the hood. I, I like that. I like how you said you, you owe them that, because my people, they didn't pay for so many different training sessions, <laughs> and I'm the only child, they really put everything into me. So it's like, I, I kind of owe them that, and it's like, my dad always told me, since I, I, as long as I can remember, probably my first memory, don't be like him, always be better than him. So. Yeah, and if my dad watching this, he always say, you don't owe me nothing, but, and my mama, my mama said the most, I don't owe her nothing, but I owe everything to him for sure. He not listening, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and so what um, kind of lessons did you learn from sport that you want to kind of teach your daughter now? I would say uh, just the, the, the accountability. I think you know, not having the the father, the father, the father figure structure, and just my mom. I think um, you know, the, I think that the game gave me some of that physicality and that tough love that I never got. So just you know, holding yourself accountable, you know, doing the right thing, and working with others. Because I feel like when we grow up, you know, we're we're around our family, and you know, we think about you know, we want to improve ourselves and our families, but. You never really learn, you know, how to work with other people truly, and, you know, just get along and just work hard for that other person. And I, I hope that she can learn that because that's very important, you know, creating new connections and all that. So.
That's awesome. And I feel like, especially with none of us here at the table, I mean, unless y'all got something y'all ain't told me, none of us here at the <laughs> table have children. And I know that there might be people who are watching that don't and, and athletes that are watching that do that relate to your experience. So I was just wondering if you could tell us just a little bit more about your experience of fatherhood and like what that means to you. Yeah, so I'm not gonna lie, you know, when I was 16, I, I was a little nervous. Um, I didn't really know just what to expect just because of situation at home, you know, uh, you know, my mom was, mom was working on herself, getting right, so, you know, I was kind of holding it down for myself, you know, focusing on graduating high school. That was the biggest thing, you know, I had to, had to graduate high school. So, I think the, you know, the biggest concern was, you know, how was I going to get out of high school while the situation? And I think the biggest thing was faith. And, you know, her, her mother being a great mom, because her mom is a great mom and is raising her in a really great way. So. I think it was, you know, the balance of having a great mom and, you know, great family support, I think is what's helped me and, you know, the opportunities with football have really helped that. But I think um, everything was really good in the beginning, but, you know, when I moved away and had to go to junior college in a different state and then now I'm across the country even farther, I think that's just is what's really making it, you know, hard for me on my mental. And with COVID, with all these restrictions and limited, it's really hard on your mental. So I think, you know, just always remembering, you know, why you're doing things. And, you know, I'm at Buffalo for a reason. And, you know, I came here to do what I'm going to do and, you know, to put my family in the best position. So that's just a little, little summary of, you know, what's been going on. I got, I got two questions. First one that just popped in my head, I got to ask this one first. I couldn't even imagine having uh, a kid during high school. How tough was that? Because I'm guessing, what I'm guessing is a lot of your friends and people you're around weren't having kids. No. And from what I remember from my, during high school was like, they were trying to tell us like a whole bunch of stuff about, like a whole bunch of negative stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, you can't have a kid this time because this and this and this. Like, was there lots of negativity surrounding you during that time? Or how was it a tough time for you when you found out or finishing high school or did you, did, you, did, you, did you have a group of friends and then when you had a kid, maybe you had a less group or how, how was that like experience? I think, you know, you always get that, that negative talk about like, oh, he's doing this, oh, he's doing that. But I think it was just a lot of judgment just because no one was familiar with the situation. So I think it was just a lot of, you know, noticing, you know, that she's gone now. She's not in school anymore. They're kind of putting two and two together. And I think they were just kind of more of a like, okay, now what are you gonna do? Because if you think about it, I mean, at least for me, a lot of, I know a lot of guys back home that are super talented, but don't do anything with it. So I think a lot of guys thought, I probably wasn't gonna still be in school, probably wouldn't have went to college, you know, probably to get a job at Burger King, you know, whatever, just to, you know, make fast money. But, you know, my mindset was always, you know, going farther. But I would say, you know, just a lot of judgment, just from my classmates, just because they're so young and they're not used to that. And that was hard for me because I felt like in, in high school I was a very popular dude. You know, like, you know, when you're, you're a good athlete, you know, a lot of people, you know, they like you. So I think that I feel like there's kind of controversy when I have my child of people, you know, just talking about me. But no, I didn't really ever care about that. So. I mean, we care. Everybody cares a little bit. Yeah. But you were able to successfully push through it. Yeah. And it sounds like you had your eyes fixated on what your goal was from a very young age. You kind of understood like, okay, this is the situation that we're in. We're going to move forward because both of us, it sounds like you and your um, the mother, your child, both kind of have things that y'all wanted to do. And so y'all were able to move forward with the support of your family. Exactly. 
I got, now I got, so I still have my other question. Now I have another one based off that one. Um, a lot of people that I know that when they had kids, they didn't have a good family support system enough and they had to work because they need to provide for the kids somehow. How, did, like, did you have support enough where you knew that you, you didn't have necessarily to work and you could still go to college? Or did you work during that time to support, or how, how was that time? Yeah, so yes and no, because just from my football experience, it was such a unique opportunity because I've always put myself in a football-wise aspect where I've never had to pay my own rent or work because football has always taken care of that. So when I was in junior college, that's when I had first got my first job. Worked at Dick's Sporting Goods at Banana Republic. So that's when I was really getting and you know, getting money and working. But um, from an early age, you know, I didn't really have much, but my mom, don't know how she did it, kind of like how you said, you know, single single mom, you know, working really hard. So she, she made a lot of stuff happen. And yeah, so I, I really started working in college, but I'm just thankful that football has always brought me to different places and put me in the best, you know, opportunities to, to you know, to take care of my daughter, so. Good. That's awesome. Last question. <laughs> I feel like this is the most important one. For everybody out there watching the episode, Lately, I've been seeing a lot of things on men that grew up without a father figure in their life. I'm one of those men who grew up majority of my life. I'd say I haven't seen my father for uh, about four, 13, 14 years now. Talk me through that experience for you, how maybe you think it affected you and how you are a father now based off of necessarily not having that father figure in your life. I think it's harder for you, for you when you're younger, just because, you know, peewee football, when you're growing up, you know, you see the dads coming off the field, talking to, talking to their sons after the game, you know. You, got, you hear dads yelling in the basketball games, whatever. Um, honestly, I think, like, looking back, that's really the only thing that I thought kind of affected me was, like, just, I guess, that, that father figured to believe in me, but that's what my mom did, and I was just used to that, so. After, you know, about like middle school, elementary school, like kind of like when high school hit, you know, going through puberty and you're really becoming like, you know, a man, you start to have like different mindset. And I think it was just kind of like, I wanted to get, take me and my mom out the trenches, you know, like when, I, when high school, I was like, okay, we got to get this. And now that I look back on it, I'm kind of thankful because I feel like if my dad was in my life, I feel like my, my, my route would have went a different way. I feel like I would have been caught in some stuff I shouldn't have been caught, caught into. So. It's a blessing in disguise, and, and I do think that it translates over to my daughter well because now she gets, you know, me and she has a great mom, but also a, a strong grandmother who is basically like a dad and a mom into one. So she's really getting, in my eyes, double support. You know what I'm saying? Like, and my, my mom, she lets nothing fly at the house. I'm talking no, no, no disrespect, no whining, no nothing. It's, you know, so, you know, but, you know, it's, I think the, the only negative thing I think is being emotionally stable sometimes. I think that, that's the, the most difficult thing just for me being a father is like, you know, handling my emotions because, you know, sometimes you get so over the place, you don't know where your kids are at, you know, you want them to be taken care of. And, you know, you also got to be strong in front of your child when things get hard. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things that I'm going to work on from, you know, not having a father figure. So. I, got, I got two questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had asked one of them, but I don't know if you answered. It, did you end up losing like any friends when around the time you had your kid or anything, or like did you keep make sure 
like now maybe you kept your kid away from some some of your friends or yeah so i mean you know i think it kind of i think that they were kind of showing how much they cared to me you know there was guys who were checking in you know wanted to meet my daughter wanted to be around talked asked questions you know there were some guys that just didn't ask didn't never came around you know what i'm saying never asked never really talked about it so I kind of played my cards that way, kind of sat back and, you know, saw who checked in and saw who kind of said what. And then kind of like, you know, eventually you guys go your own ways. You know, it's nothing personal, but it's just like, you know, people go through different stuff. People fall off, people, you know, get into different stuff. So that's just really how it was. Do you feel like for the ones who kind of fell off, some of, more, do you think it was more a case, more or less a case of they kind of just wasn't, good friends they were just you know friends or do you think it was more they just didn't know how to support because they hadn't been in that experience themselves i think i think it's a little bit of both and just um i feel like you know when we're also in high school i feel like a lot of people i feel like at least you know at my school i feel like a lot a lot of people are clicky like you know the athletes kind of hung around the athletes but i feel like you know once you know something that's if something happened to somebody that was kind of weird and you're not really sure the situation kind of like you know, my parents told me to stay away from that. Or, you know, they probably told their parents, they're like, oh, you got a kid? Like, you know, you don't want, we don't want you to go down that route, you know? So, you know, it could have been a lot of things, but, you know, just, just having different interests and just going different ways is really what it was. Um, then my second question, it, it seemed like you real, real tight with your mom. So was she the first person you told? And how did the rest of your family react to yeah, so my mom's watching. She, she, she <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so hey, mom. <laughs> so, mom. So, you know, she might not want me to say this, but you know, my mom was actually in rehab at the time, and she, uh, she had, you know, had recently got out. You know, you know, starting, you know, just new beginnings. You know, got her own apartment. You know, doing good, doing good. And no, she, she wasn't. She wasn't excited. She wasn't that excited to hear about it. Not gonna lie, but you know, but I think. Uh, after talking and you know understanding the situation, I think you know it's time to step up. That was her thing. That was her mindset. Like, now let's go. But deep down, you know, I think you know she was excited from day one because now she has someone to be by her side all the time when I'm in college. She's not lonely anymore, you know, because it's just her at the house, and that can take take a toll on you mentally. So, I think just having a kid around now for her is the biggest blessing. I think for her, and she, and four years later, it's, it's going great. So I think everything's happened for a reason. It's a blessing. And that's one thing that I continue to hear as you telling your story is your foundation in, in your faith and how that has been such a stronghold in your success at doing all three things of being a parent, being a student, being an athlete, and then more so just being a quality human being as you're trying to navigate this crazy world of life. And so I think that that is a strong testament to one, your character, but also just, um, I'm also hearing the, the struggles of like learning how to maintain all of that as you go. And so that's something that I just wanted to make sure that we point out is that if there are any other athletes that are going through these experiences to make sure that they do check in with their counseling services so that they can get the support, the guidance, and the skills that you need to continue to navigate through all of that. Most importantly, thank you for sharing your story because I don't, I, as, as much as everybody might be like, oh yeah, we know he has a, he has a child, they might not know, um, and that goes across the board for anyone that has, has children, what that story looks like and how that plays out. And I think that we're all about um, 
all of the, a lot of things that we've been talking today as far as families and building relationships within families and in athletic programs has all been about that um, communication. And so that's not something, this we wouldn't have known this about you if you weren't as willing to share. So we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing sure. all of this. Sure. I think that the this is going to help a lot of people. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you sharing my story. I definitely think, you know, a lot of people relate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as athletes, you know, I think, you know, we like to be, you know, tough and hold everything in, you know what I'm saying? Not, not really share our problems. So it's good, you know, kind of break the ice sometimes. And, you know, everyone gets to know each other's story. So and as good. teammates, that's how we support each other. Yeah. And so that's, that, I think that that is an important thing to mention as well. And so before we go, Rich closes us out with a question of the day. <laughs> so, Rich, what's our question of the day? All right. Today's question is, you had to know the answer to one question. What would your question be? And I'll start this one off because I'm taking this from Jake. Shout out to Jake. What are the next Mega Million numbers? <laughs> <laughs> so what's your question? That's a really crazy question because when I think about it, I think about just like, like, like what's inside the ocean or something like that, you know, like just like that. But then I'm like, well, even if I have the answer to that, like that's not gonna help me out. Like, there's no answer now, you know. Like now I'm trying to think of like a question where, like, some of that is pertains to me. Like, how many kids am I gonna have one day? Or, like, what what does my life look like in 30 years? Like a question like that. I think I would say, like, what, where where do I end up? I think is is where I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I don't want to ask yeah. a question like that because then I'm gonna have to switch the way I word. Continue list. That's gonna be on my head, but I'm, 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 I don't want to create a, propo- uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> a prophecy to fulfill. Like I don't, I don't know if I want to do yes. that. I think I'm Baduism today, and so I want to know what's the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. That's well, what happens when you die. Mm. Oh, hey, that's, mm. that's it right there. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to know. You're uh, part of the table now, so <laughs> <you're> <laughs> I'm trying to know how I'm going to look. Like, I'm saying, like, 50 years, I don't know if I'm going to be bald. Nah, I don't know. I'm trying to see how I'm going to look. <laughs> be sure to like, comment, and share this video. And to watch our next episode of Air It Out.